Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. On the, there we are. You said the mics were on. I, they are over <laughs> here. <sighs> the technology is mocking us again, I, folks. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it's Norman the Gremlin. <laughs> it's Mindy. She is not a gremlin. No, she's not. She doesn't have she's ears. She's not a gremlin. She doesn't have. She doesn't have the ears. She doesn't have the mohawk. You know, Spike. Mindy. Although the you mohawk. You need a mohawk. <laughs> the mohawk is probably. That would be awesome. <laughs> you would rock the mohawk. The, the, just a white streak right down right down the <laughs> middle, right? <laughs> or would it be blonde? Depends on the week. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I am on board with this. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to this um, delayed edition of the H2L podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. I am Timothy Harvey. And uh, we are broadcasting on Tuesday night instead of Monday night because yesterday I drove in from Dallas, from Mm -hmm. being at Fan Expo Dallas, and you... Were a guest on a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast. Uh, the The Film Society, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Cinema KC Film Society is another organization, fantastic organization here in town. Fil- uh, Cinema KC, which has been promoting filmmakers and and uh, a lot of local film related talent over the last several years. They have a podcast now, and uh, our friend Todd friend Todd Norris hosts that. And so I went on their show last night and talked about. Uh, sci-fi for me. I talked about uh, the last month of uh, Starlog um, mm-hmm. stuff and the stuff that's still yet to come. Of course, we haven't talked about what that was, but I said, right. you know, stay tuned. There's more to come. We aren't we aren't done. Right. Uh, there's still a lot of folks that you've talked to from Starlog itself, which stuff I've, isn't out there. And... I've got three. I've got three still. To I've got one. One is fully transcribed and mm-hmm. ready to build into an article. I can probably get two, probably three articles out of that one. Mm-hmm. I have two more interviews that I've got to transcribe. Mm-hmm. After which, then I'll get I'll get one article out of one of them, and I probably do two or three out of the other one. And I didn't and that last one. That last one's pretty killer for me. I was I was pretty stoked. Well, in this last Saturday, I had a very cool interview yes, that I did. got to do with uh, Tony Tamponi from Fangoria. Yes. The he longest running editor on Fangoria. And now the editor emeritus. Yes. <laughs> so he's me. he's writing for the for the the current version of Fangoria, which is coming out four times a year. Um, this I don't think this is a spoiler for anything. He didn't say it, but they're looking at possibly making it six months six times a year. Oh, are they? There's so much content. Oh, good. good. They are. They are really, and because the the new manage the the new editor uh, management staff, the new owners of of Fangoria, and they actually own the folks who own the the Starlog right uh, brand as well, um, really care about the content 
they care about the material. They care about the audience and the writers and the editors. Mm-hmm. It's a, from everything I hear, they're a fantastic management staff. Well, and and from what I'm hearing from people who have had conversations with them who used to be involved in Starlock, um, that's the impression that it seems like everybody has gotten mm-hmm. from them. Now, what I find interesting is the people who owned all of this previous. The last group of people. <clears throat> the last, specifically one guy <clears throat> in New York. What's funny is nobody will say his name in, in the interviews. Now, the last interview that I had mm-hmm. was with somebody who was fairly high up the food chain. I'm not going to give it away. Sure, sure, sure. And he, wouldn't, he didn't say the guy's name because he couldn't remember I can remember the guy's name. It, it was it was that unimportant that the, right, the yeah. guy. It doesn't matter who the guy is. He ruined Starlog, but I can't remember his name. He ruined Fangoria, but I can't remember his name. Right, right. Everybody else that I talked to didn't want to say his name. And one of the one of the the people that I interviewed. Well, I, should I? I can't. I can't. I can't. He he sits there and he says, he he who will not be named. That's what he calls him. His name is Tom DeFeo. And he bought the Starlog group from Norman Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Norman was out of the picture, DeFeo concentrated only on Fangoria because that's all he wanted out of that. He wanted, because he was a big horror fan and he wanted to be the guy who published Fangoria and apparently had no business acumen whatsoever. And, you know, Mike Gingold was an editor there for a while, and I think he's I, I think he's back on the book. I now. believe he's so still involved. Yeah, he's involved in the new. Yeah, a lot a lot of folks have come back. A lot of the Fangoria folks have come back to play because yeah. they're really <laughs> they're me. really treating it well. Folks, I'm I'm not I'm I'm going to do my best to to make sure I'm not coughing into the into the microphones here because sometimes it sneaks up on me. I have been on the back end of what I think was a round of bronchitis. It was not. The timing of it is not such that it's con crud. Right, right. I think allergies hit me, and then it went right to my chest. So, I'm well, it's also been uh, <laughs> for those of you not local, it has been incredibly wet mm. in Kansas City for like the last week and a half, and it's supposed to be continue to be this. It's just yeah. it's it's dampish here. Yeah. Um, to to upset several of my of my friends out in the world, it's been very moist. There were there were a lo- <laughs> there was a lot of red on the map. Coming back. Yesterday. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Driving back. Driving back from recording. I was driving. They're like, hmm. I'm gonna hydroplane. I'm not going that fast. Yeah. <laughs> um. <coughs> excuse me. See, you can just. It's just. It just. It just sneaks up on me. I'm sorry. Um. Okay. So let's start with our sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. We have an arrangement with superherostuff.com. A fine purveyor of many cool genre goods. Yes, licensed merchandise from your favorite franchises. And when you go to check out, when you make your order put together, you go to check out your cart, your cart enter the promo code SCIFI for me 10, and you will get 10% off your order. Uh, off and off sale items as well. <coughs> Excuse me, yes. Yes, sale items, reduced priced items. Um, and I think they've just added... Uh, a number of Avenger specials mm, going sure. on right now. In ty- uh, ty- Isn't there a movie? Something, you know, I heard. Couple, yeah. couple billion dollar 
mm-hmm. box office movie thing. Yeah, that thing is just moving so quickly. It's just unbelievable. Well, you know, they spent uh, to get to give the folks at at uh, the Marvel movie division a a their due. You know, they they did this well. I mean, yeah. Marvel movies. You you can argue very strongly that Marvel movies have a specific formula, but it's a formula that works. You know, it was funny. I was watching. Um, I watched several reviews of the film. Um, Grace Randolph being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Meyer uh, did one, and he 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 had an interesting take on it, where he noticed that Endgame essentially throws out the Marvel formula oh, yeah. that you mm-hmm. see in all of the other films, which I thought was interesting. I did I had not noticed it, but I wasn't looking for it. Right. Um, because I'm I'm not in that mindset when I'm when I'm watching a film to to, to look at it. But um, I think you know he's right. It it does kind of turn everything on its ear. Mm-hmm. But I think it does it to uh, to good effect. So uh, I did. I did see it in the theater over the weekend. So Thomas at Multiverse tonight says they've gotten two point seven inches in Kingman, yeah, Kansas. So um, those of you who are watching tonight, welcome. Uh, don't forget, live chat is open. Super chats are activated. We've had a few. Excellent. So, uh, those are those are always welcome. I have now. I have absolutely no idea. How to retrieve that? <laughs> <coughs> I'm sure there's a tutorial video somewhere about it. Probably, but yeah. I will find that so we can. So we can it. What a lovely amount of money we've made in our super chat program. Shame we all we can do is look at it. <laughs> uh, total. Let's see here. Uh, Mimi Cats <laughs> asks if there's a total to date. Let me look. For Avengers, that up. it broke two. It broke two billion uh-huh. this weekend. So I'm not um, sure where it is as of today. As of today, the total is two point two three eight billion. With a B. With a B. And it went now adjusted for inflation. It's still somewhere around number seven historically. Right. 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 But yeah. Looking at just the numbers, just the raw numbers, right now it's currently sitting at number two right behind Avatar. But also put this in perspective, it's a superhero film. It's a superhero film with uh, a guy in a metal suit and a guy who throws a giant metal frisbee (laughs) and a guy who flies around and thinks he's a god. I mean, this is... And and it's got America's ass in it. This is true. Um, That is... uh, for a film, for a film as emotional as it actually is, um, there are some beautiful moments of comedy, mm-hmm. and letting Chris Evans actually play Cap as a someone whose sense of humor is allowed to come out, you know, and, and you know, it's it's that it's almost, uh, and this is such a strange thing to say, um, but it, I don't maybe it's not. Um, it's it's almost that gallows humor that you get in wartime, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and recognizing that you know uh, the ludicrousness of and I guess I, I could describe the scene that'd be a spoiler. Yes, it would for, be. for folks who haven't seen the film. However, officially, the embargo on spoilers lifted yesterday. 
So go for yeah, it. Yeah. Well, so so Cap faces Cap. Yeah. Because it's a time tra- it's a time travel, it's a Doctor Who plot. Time heist. <laughs> I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the sort of the recognition of Cap recognizing his own um, bravado in the face of this stuff, and at this point not having much use for his own bravado. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a very funny scene, also as well as kind of an emotional one. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're yeah, right. That is America's ass. <laughs> it's a very funny line, and and Chris Evans pulls it off. I mean, he makes it work. Yeah, yeah. And who who would have thought that Johnny Storm would have made a great Captain America? I mean, can you see anybody else playing that part right now? No, no. And, and when you consider some of the folks who are up for the part, who could have done a very very good job, yeah. he made the part his own. Yeah. Uh, you look at some of the can, when you consider that the casting for this could have been completely different. You know, Tom Cruise was the choice for Iron Man. He was the initial choice to yeah. play the part. And scheduling got in the way, and Robert Downey Jr. came along at the right time, and uh, he needed it badly for his own career because of where he had been, and it was perfect. Yeah. He played him, he got to play a little bit of himself on screen and and make part of his own struggles with his life, Tony's, the baseline of Tony's appeal. Right. Mimi Cat says, I don't care if they're wearing a metal suit or a metal frisbee or a metal hammer. It's still better than Titanic, no matter how much Titanic. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. I will agree with that. <laughs> my dad um, my dad and I saw, or no, my dad called me. Uh, he and my mom went to see Titanic. And he goes, have you seen Titanic? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what would you think? And I was like, well, it's pretty. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's visually an appealing movie. And he goes, did the CGI just look incredibly fake to you? I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, how much money they spent on that movie? And I'm like, I know, I know. Uh, Although for its time, the CG was fairly impressive. I mean, it wasn't it, perfect. Yeah. No, no, okay. it, no was, it was. It was still in that time where we want to make everything shiny and sharp and new, and they didn't feel, yeah. they didn't realize that when you do CGI, you've basically got to dirty it up a little bit so it looks like it's in the in camera. They didn't learn the Jurassic Park lesson. Yeah. And a lot of filmmakers forgot that immediately after Jurassic Park and continued on to forget it because if you watch Jurassic Park and you look at the edges of the dinosaurs, they're not crisp. Right. Because your eye your eye registers the curves, the three-dimensionality of an object, and nothing has a sharp outline in, in the real world. Right. Um, and that's something that I figured out when I was shooting um, uh, green screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing doing uh, cosplay photos with green yeah. screen, where any any time you take the background out and you replace it, your subject, whoever is is still there on the green uh, background, just fuzz the edge just a little bit. Just a little. Doesn't have to be much. Blend right into it. Yeah. So it's um, <coughs> no uh, Titanic. Titanic bothered me more than anything because. Uh, as a production designer, it was gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah I mean yeah, it's it's it's, it's, be- it's beautifully crafted, but from a historical standpoint, it's garbage. Oh, <laughs> I start on that. Uh, be- I no, 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 very, very, very quickly, super quickly, folks in the real world. If Leonardo DiCaprio's character had done any of those things in the real world, the very, very wealthy people on the boat would have looked at him, pitched him over the edge, yeah. and went. Well, that's that then. And the movie would have been 10 minutes long. <laughs> I think um, 
My my biggest beef. Now I had a friend of mine who who saw it. I had no interest in seeing the movie when it came out. I had a friend of mine tell me, "Go ahead, go go watch it, just to see the boat sink." And and from oh, a visual impressive. effect mm-hmm. standpoint, yeah. that it's worth the money. Okay, fine. So I went and saw it. And the thing that's hitting me throughout the entire movie is this question keeps rolling around in my head. Are these people, were these people really on the boat? I don't think these people were really on the boat. Wait, why are we telling a story of people that weren't really there? You've got so many people who were really there, you could tell their story. Mm -hmm. Hold on. It's a historic event. And these, no, that's not how you do this. (laughs) Well, and there are some amazing, amazing, uh, uh, Writers and artists and and just people who had real lives that that have historical impact here on the boat. The unsinkable Molly Brown. Stories that could have been told. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name. He recreated the the thinking machine. Remember the thinking machine? Uh, it was uh, Turing. No, no. It was a. It was a. He created a character called the, whose nickname was the thinking machine. Oh. He was. Um, uh, he would. He could beat like in, in the unsolvable problems. Um, locked room mysteries and breaking out of unbreakable prisons, and he all did it with with the powers of his mind, right. uh, mental mental skill, not like superpowers, but just super smart. Um, and he was uh, he wrote, uh, I think one or maybe maybe a novel or maybe a collection of short stories, and he was on the Titanic when it went down. So there's Th- Thomas says he Thomas says he's waiting for for Cameron to make Titanic two, three, and four. <laughs> it didn't sink. Really, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see? Did you no, see no. Though? Titanic uh, to the attack. Titanic. Avatar, it's this time it strikes back. Avatar got two, pushed. Three, got two, pushed back. Yeah, they got pushed back in favor of the new Star Wars movies. Hey, look at that. I think someone knows where the bread is buttered. Well, I've heard that Cameron is being a perfectionist on this stuff, which is shocked. Shocked, I am. Yes. Oh yeah, we don't need to see a prequel to Titanic. No. Although. Um, no. no, no, I do not. I do not require. They weren't real. They weren't I don't real people. <laughs> By the way, spoilers for a movie that came out what? How long ago? Twenty something years now, yeah. I guess. No, it's a, you know, folks. If if you enjoy Titanic, that that's that's great. I mean, it's it is a romantic film that I certainly have friends who who enjoyed the film, and I don't think it's a, I, I don't hate the movie, um, but it, it, it runs it runs into. Oh God! Yeah, it goes on longer than that song does. For getting in there. Um. Okay, excuse me. So, speaking of spoilers, uh huh. That's what we're talking about tonight. What spoilers? Not specific spoilers, but the concept, the idea of spoilers because in the last few weeks we've had Game of Thrones and we've had Avengers Endgame and yesterday we got a new trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home Mm -hmm. with Tom Holland ironically (laughs) enough being the one that sits there and says if you haven't seen Endgame yet don't watch this this trailer because it's full I don't of spoilers. Think, I don't like, think it was oh. irony. I think it was more like if there's one person who we're currently employing who needs to go out there and make up for Maybe he'll remember because now he's actually said it. Yeah, that's that was funny. Um although 
you look at the, and we need to talk about this on Trailer Park, I guess we need to set that up. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at uh, the new trailer for Spider-Man and the multiverse. Maybe. <coughs> even if. Yeah, even, even if it's not. Right, right. The, the discussion. Cons- the concept has been introduced. That door and that's how you're going to get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Universe. Well, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Milo Morales, who could actually end up uh, in in the MCU. Although uh, Miles' uncle is already there. Mm-hmm. But um, there's an argument to be made that they should give him the animated universe because they did such a good job. Mm-hmm. With that, I wouldn't mind seeing him show up in the live action. Oh, I but wouldn't either. But the, the the problem the problem with legacy characters is that in order for the legacy to actually mean something, right, mm-hmm. you can't introduce them five minutes later. Which is why I think they should just he, for now he should stay. They should give him some a, a whole bunch of really great animated films. Yeah, stay stay with the model they have created. Or, or improve it. Improve it is fine. Um, and, and run with it because you could do all kinds of fun things. Oh, uh, you could. Yeah. Yeah. So, so spoilers. Mm. Let's, let's define for anybody who hasn't been paying attention. Spoilers are basically I went and saw it. I'm going to talk about everything in it and spoil it for you who haven't seen it yet. And over the last. Oh, I don't know, three or four or five years, it's mm-hmm. really become this thing. Um, so much so that it became a catchphrase in Doctor Who with River Song. Well, and they and, and they had their own uh, instance of scripts leaking yeah. to the internet, which I actually got a copy. I, we, yeah, we, we got, got copies, co- we got copies of, of them. Of um, five, the first five episodes of Peter Capaldi's run leaked onto the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in script form, and then and uh, then also video, and also too. video form too. Yeah, with unfinished, it didn't. It it still had Matt Smith's opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Kind of sequence and the CGI hadn't been put in uh, for the 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 very specific black parts. And white. What were what were those? Were those temp tracks for music cues? Is that what? Um, there was there was temp tracks for music cues. There were there were a couple of wireframes for CGI bits. The dinosaur in mm. in Capaldi's first episode um, was. Partially in the episode, in in the the version that leaked, yeah, this stuff makes it out there. And the BBC was so. What ended up happening was you you saw this Moffat, especially toward the end, made a habit of deliberately lying yeah. about what was coming out because of the concern about spoilers. I mean, it was a concerted effort to go, oh no, this thing shows up in the third episode. Wait a minute, you know, I mean, and. And there are studios. I mean, this is not new. I mean, Star Wars. Um, Star Wars was not filmed under the name Star Wars. No, Blue Harvest. And you know, there have been other films that have hidden what their what they were from the public. They've just got you know because they're afraid this stuff is going to get out there. Well, and and you you look at <coughs> excuse me you you listen to uh, the Star Wars cast now talk about the security. Mm-hmm. Scraps. Oh yeah. You know, they're printed on red paper. They're in a locked room, and you can't take it with you. And you go in, and there's a security guard on the outside of the door, and a security guard on the inside of the door. And you walk in, and you sign in, and you read your part, 
and then you leave. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it, there are all sorts of things. Well, the, folk, the folks in the Avengers, the cast members who were saying that they were told a certain scene mm-hmm. was not the scene that they showed up and discovered it was. That only, only Robert Downey Jr. had the full end of the script. And because, you know, he kind of had to know. (laughs) Oh, by the way. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, Downey commands a certain level of You could argue very strongly that the MCU would not be the success that it was if it did not have Downey at its center. I agree. And I think that gives him a certain amount of pull. Well, also because he becomes the emotional. Uh, at, at two points, at two points in the Marvel universe that are critical: the first Avengers film and and Endgame. Tony Stark has a pivotal emotional moment in each film. Yeah. And if you don't have those, the through line, the emotional through line of somebody who is inherently begins the series of films as a fairly selfish and shallow person mm-hmm. not bad but thoughtless in many ways right. and ends as somebody spoiler alert um, they left to the embargo they left to the embargo you know, there's, okay guys we're going to give you a warning there are spoilers for Endgame in this discussion tonight as well as spoilers for other movies right because yeah, yeah. you know it, he it, yeah. I mean he, he makes the ultimate sacrifice and that could not have happened if you did not have that emotional through line. It would not have mattered. And you wouldn't have had the scenes in the new Spider-Man trailer where people are still reeling from that. Mm-hmm. Where they are reeling from the loss. And, and I've heard that the, the, they're also going to deal with the five-year time jump and the chaos that resulted from that. In, oh, are they? In, that's, that's what I saw in an article today. I can't remember which, one, which side it was on. Um, and it was them talking, the, the folks doing Far From Home saying, it's a thing. It's a thing that happened. And they don't, you, don't, you don't deal with that in Endgame, and that's, there's really no place for it. Yeah, but well, here there is. Because a lot of that in the end, uh, when Peter and Ned see each other mm-hmm. in the high school, everybody kind of went, hold on. Hey, they're both still there. The same. And, of course, the logical explanation is that they both got snapped. Right, but then you look at everybody in the cast for Far From Home, and they're they all, all the got same snapped. Age. So I guess they all did. So. Well, and of course, uh, um, Aunt May got snapped officially. Yeah, we've heard now. So, uh, spoiler Kate says that Tony Stark is eye candy for women. That's another reason why he's the core of the. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. has been has been considered to be an attractive person. Um, I suppose by some. And uh, he's not my type. Just you know. So if he showed up and said, "Jason, let's go get no. a drink," no, okay, no. that's fair enough. I mean, from a from a camaraderie standpoint, mm, you know, sure. we're yeah, yeah. we're both we're both industry insiders of sorts. You know, he he entertains, sure, sure. Right, and, right, right. and we report on the entertaining, mm-hmm. right, right. So you know. So in that in that. In that right, sense, right. you know, a, a friendly, a friendly time well, in, spent in, 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 in a shock, in, in, a, in a shocking turn of affairs, um, like many movie star types, he's fairly attractive to look at. It kind of goes with the territory. I mean, it's kind of how they build the whole industry. <laughs> Why did you notice? 
I have an art degree, sir. <laughs> I have studied aesthetics. I am secure enough in my own personal self to sit there and go, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. All right, yeah, fine, whatever. <coughs> so, are are we as a as a culture, as a as a society that watches movies and TV shows, are we getting to the point where the conversation about spoilers is getting obsessively silly? Hmm. So I've been thinking about this, um, and it's really, really hard for someone to spoil something for me. And by that, I don't mean you can't tell me something I don't already know and give mm. away things. But I'm also the guy, the guy who, when I was a kid, I would buy the movie novelization as yeah. soon as it came out. Mm. And they used to publish that like a month ahead of the movie. I, yep, I remember. And I would just I'd be like, I absolutely have to have, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I read the novelization of Star Trek II before I saw the movie. I read the novelization of Star Trek V. Mm. Um... And it would have been interesting if they'd actually made that made that film instead yeah. of the the film they made. But uh, reading reading Star Trek two before I saw the movie mm -hmm. kind of ruined it. But here's I mean, the, it didn't it didn't ruin. It. I was I still enjoyed the film obviously, but knowing it, knowing the end going into it, and that's and that's a risk. But I mean, I I I am the way my brain works is there's to me there's a difference between the comic book page and the written page and the film. Yeah. And so I can, you know, yeah, you lose the emotional beat, the emotional reveal at some things like that. You can't help it. I mean, there's just, but you're going to lose it. You know, if, if you read the novel after the fact, you know, it's coming. Right. So it's just, it's one of those things where unless and I'm in that particular case, though, if you're reading the novel after the fact, you're getting more detail because you hopefully. get in depth and, and you know because the writer fills in all sure, of the sure. all of the emotional and, and the so, context and all of that. Yeah, because that's I mean that's that's like what happened with Star Trek Five is that I read a, I read a novel that was not the best Star Trek story, mm. but it had some depth to it, and then saw the film and went, Bill, 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 this is not a TV episode. Why are you shooting it like a TV episode? There's a great fan edit out there. Um, there's a whole whole series of fan edit websites out there in the world where you can yeah. find somebody recutting stuff. Uh, and there's a fan edit of Star Trek V that's been cut like the TV show with the with the with the pauses and the mm -hmm. visual cues and all the things for. And it's like vastly improves the film. Yeah. Well, and I've seen I've seen a cut with some new visuals. Uh, somebody went good ones. Went through, actually, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, mean, good. Bran was his name. Bran Farron, mm -hmm. whoever that did the the prime. He was the primary uh, visual effects guy on on Star Trek V. Terrible, terrible effects artist. But um, they were also hindered by the fact they didn't have time. They didn't have the time to but, fully. Well, do they it. also like lost. In, they lost industrial light and magic on yeah. that. They were supposed to have it by that. Well, and the other thing is, uh, you know. If you if you don't have it fully rendered out mm -hmm. by the time you're supposed to hit screens, then you get what you get. Exactly. And that's yeah. what happened to the first Star Trek film because the effects weren't done, and the director's cut is cut is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah, the director's cut is vastly improved. Mm -hmm. Everything. And it's tighter. Yeah. 
But the other thing too is when you you know when I when I read when you read the book, and I remember when we talked we interviewed Alan Dean Foster about when he did when he does novelizations mm-hmm. of books. Um, he's got to fill in all of the pieces that you don't get from the right. TV script. You yeah. have to have to extrapolate uh, every character's emotional state, mm-hmm. mental state, what they're thinking, what they're doing, why they're doing things, motivation, oh. all of that. And, it, and it's, and to me, reading the book after the movie adds another dimension to the movie, whereas if you flip it mm-hmm. and you've read, the mo- you've read the book and you see the movie, well, you know what's coming, okay, fine. But, and, and, it's, and you get the visuals, mm-hmm. but you've already seen it in your head when you read the right, book. Right, yeah. So. Which is something to let down. So I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have quite the, I don't have quite the issue with spoilers that some people do because of that. Okay, I mean that's just that's a personal thing. That's a, but also we've all run into that weird thing where sometimes we get stuff in advance. Mm-hmm. We get to watch things in advance. We have to keep quiet. Um, and I think we do a pretty good job of keeping quiet and not talking about things yeah. that, that, because you don't want to spoil it for somebody else. And that's, that's, you know, the word spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, the first five letters, yeah. uh, well, and, and spoil being, Ruin. being press and getting access early, there is an implied agreement mm-hmm. that we're giving you access to this. The embargo for reviews is X date at X time. Right. After which, you're more than welcome to, to post a review, but don't do it beforehand. And, and mm-hmm. your agreement by saying, okay, give me the thing for which I'm going to write a review, mm-hmm. you have to respect that that embargo, or else you're not going to get that access anymore. Right. And that's something that we saw a lot of people talking about with The Last Jedi, is people admitting to generating more positive reviews than they probably would have otherwise in order to maintain the access from Disney. We're going to say nice things about your ugly baby so you can still give us pictures of your next baby. Mm. And there were a lot of people that fudged their reviews of The Last Jedi, let's say in order to not make the mouse mad. Mouse has a pretty nasty legal department. Uh, it's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, you have to be you have to be careful. Because says movies are two dimensional, books are three dimensional. Sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, to a point. Yeah. I could agree. Uh, and and I think that the the pleasures that can be found in both of them are they feed your brain in different ways. I think that's one of the things that makes it makes it easy for me. Mm-hmm. To not be bothered necessarily, because when I see so, for example, when we got the scripts to Doctor Who, and we got the episodes, mm-hmm. um, would I have preferred to have watched them um, when they aired, when to see them live, you know, and see what they finished. were out finished and all that stuff? Of course. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, this stuff is going to drop in your lap, and you're like, there's that fanboy part of you that's going, Ooh. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's so cool. And but. And, and that's perfectly understandable. But something about giving, putting out a spoiler, you're, you might get excited about the thing you're talking about, but somebody else, you might actually be ruining their enjoyment of something, taking away, taking away the pleasure of their experience. And that's, 
you know, we're supposed to be. I always remember how I felt after reading Star Trek Two, mm-hmm. and then I think to myself, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do that to anyone. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, no, it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film, but knowing what was coming, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the emotional impact was still there, yes, because this is Spock and he's dying, and and they had tempered it somewhat with the Kobayashi Maru thing. At the beginning. Sure, right, yeah, it was a little because there were rumors. There were. <coughs> there were a lot of people that were upset that, that Spock was going to get killed, but oh hey, no, it's a fake out. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but and I think that that actually made it even more. Uh, it had more impact even because you did get the fake out, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh okay, we dodged the bullet. Oh wait, but not that bullet. Well, and you you, you look at. And we've talked about this before. We talked about this a lot with talking to people from Starlog or from Fangoria. In the days where the internet was not this constant barrage of information at your fingertips, where you, a set visit to, you know, the latest science fiction film, the latest horror film, you know, would result in a five-page article, but it would also result in you not getting a lot of information out in the world. You got so much information, right? There was yeah, no... There was a limited amount. And and you didn't have the avenues of Twitter or, you know, a, a, a site that's leaking, you know, 15 minutes of footage from such and such a movie. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or unfinished effect scenes or scripts. Or anything. You, that stuff just simply didn't exist. And if that stuff made it out into the world... It didn't have the distribution ability because the technology for getting it out to the rest of the world was not at everyone's fingertips. Right. You couldn't sit there and go, I've got the script to Star Trek Four, mm-hmm. and I want to tell everybody, but I can't well, afford the phone bill. I was talking to... To call everybody. Um, well, I guess I could go ahead and spoil it. Should I, should I say who I was talking to? I don't know. Should you? I'm getting, a, I'm getting a, a no over there from the peanut gallery. All right. Well, I was talking to somebody who worked at Starlog about the licensed Star Trek magazines that they ended up doing. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. And these were licensed through Paramount. So Paramount owned the copyright. But part of, part of those books included synopses of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And so they would get the scripts early. Right. And that's kind of the same kind of thing where you're getting the script early. You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we're writing the synopsis for the magazine so everybody in the magazine knows what's going to happen. And the first couple of issues where they did that, they got it wrong. And people were upset. People at Paramount were upset. Well, you can't do that because... What they were printing as a synopsis of the script wasn't what finally went on the air because right because things you know, changed. Alien was orange in the script and right, ended up yeah. being green in the mm-hmm. in the sh- in you think because you know when you're shooting and then when you're editing and you know, post production things things change. So what they ended up having to do was they they write up the synopsis based on the shooting script that they got, mm-hmm. and then he'd have to sit. And watch the episode yeah. with a tape recorder and record pieces of the show 
to make sure that the dialogue was still yeah, that right. still matched and whatever. So then he could go back in and correct the synopsis based on the actual episode as it aired, not as the script they got. Right. Yeah. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. But yeah, these people that are just, you know, no bridge has to be capitalized. No bridge doesn't have to be capitalized. No bridge has to be capitalized. Really? I mean, the the internal folks at Paramount couldn't even agree on. Oh right, yeah, no, no. Any of that stuff. So yeah, but it it was it was a complete the ability. If you 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 couldn't send out a set photo from this you know Game of Thrones. (laughs) Um, although someone should have sent sent one out in. For you know, coffee. coffee. Uh, okay, so uh, we have we have we we are not we are not pure in this. Mistakes have been made with films that we have made that we've looked at it with. Yep. You know, oh, I can see that thing in the background, right, or whatever. But when have we made a mistake like that? I can't think of a specific one, but I'm sure we have. I'm gonna blame that one on the nightclub. <laughs> Because I was doped up on NyQuil the entire time I made that movie. Excuses. And one spelling error out of it, that entire it was, thing, I think I did. It was well. the drugs officer. It was. <laughs> hmm. um, no. It's still, it's still out there. It, it, was a, it was a short film called Species Felis Dominaris. And I made this as, uh, as part of a contest that the Sci-Fi Channel ran, their exposure mm-hmm. series. Right. And to this day, I'm convinced that they were just burning off an obligation because mm. you know that it just didn't go anywhere. This was in 2007, and uh, it was a short film competition, and the finalists would all be featured on the Sci-Fi Channel, right? Which was really cool. Yeah, okay, I'll try it. And then the winner of the competition would get a development deal with the network. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's worth a shot. Let's yeah. try it. So I did it, and this is in the in the early days of the internet where view counts actually counted for view counts. I mean, the numbers, right, yeah, yeah. numbers were significant. And made it to the finals. My my short film, I have had something air on the Sci-Fi channel. Yeah. And that was really cool. Of course, it was at 3 o'clock in the morning and nobody saw it. Not the point. But again, they were burning off an obligation, but I had something air on the Sci-Fi channel. Exactly, right. I didn't make the, I didn't get the deal. But, um... The guy who won didn't get a deal either. I mean, like I said, they were just, yeah, whatever. Let's just get this thing over with. But I made this film, and as I'm shooting it, I'm shooting the entire thing while I'm doped up on NyQuil because I was fighting a cold. I mean, I was just sick to death Mm -hmm. the entire time that I'm making this movie. And there's one shot... Uh, the idea is this this neuroscientist has figured out that um, cats have mental energy that's similar to humans. Spoiler alert, by yeah. the way. I mean, you can, well, should I should I link to it in the in the show? Yes. yes. Okay. We'll yes, link you to should. It so you can watch it. But the there's one part there's one part where uh, he runs a translation algorithm, mm-hmm. and I I misspelled one word. <laughs> And I have people giving me a hard time about it, even now. To this day. To this day, 12 <laughs> years after I made the picture. But, but the best part is, is I've trained the phone to mistype it. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> right. Mindy, Mindy, has, Mindy has typed it wrong so many times, her phone's 
dictionary now recognizes it as a word. Uh, Okay, so. Thomas says, Starbucks of Thrones was next door. Oh, there you go. See. I'm going to get some more coffee. I want to see, I want to see the barista, uh, the, the, the Game of Thrones baristas and what kind of business that is. Did did you see that they've, uh, digitally removed the cup now? Yes. Too late. Okay. So yeah, please. Um, uh, well, so an example of mine, and and Todd and I were ta- uh, when I was at, on Todd's podcast last night, we were talking about the music video that that he and I made several years ago. Um, I I wrote it and directed it, and and Todd shot it and uh, did the color correction for it. Um, it's a black and white video, and we, yes, we seriously did color correction because black and white is color if you if you know what you're doing. Anyway, the. There's a scene, there's two scenes in that film that are historically inaccurate. It's set in the 1940s. It's a film noir. And there's two there's two pieces in that film that are very wrong. And one of them we could do nothing about. We did not realize at the time that one of the one of the performers in the band scene um, was wearing a bracelet on his wrist that simply did not exist in the forties and it could, it wasn't, it was the kind of thing that you just couldn't pull off easily. So it was just like, uh, okay, screw it. I don't care. Um, it's, but every time I see it, I'm like, Oh God, that's just wrong. (laughs) This is not a thing. And there's another one and I won't tell you guys what it is because we can link, we can link to that in the video in, in our notes as well. Uh, because, um, it's a, I'm very proud of the work we did on that, on that music video. Uh, it's gorgeous and fantastic cast and, and crew and and uh, I am Eve, uh, who's the performer on it. She did she did a beautiful job with the singing. Um, it's a fun piece. But there's another there's there's another continuity error in that in that film, and I'm not going to yes. tell you guys. Mm-hmm, I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. Um, but uh, you can uh, if you, if you watch it, you can. Some of you may immediately notice it. Some of you, so if it slips past you, great. But um, I, I've given you one of the two that are there. Um, I think it was fun that HBO responded the way they did when people called them out for the cup. No. Uh, yeah, it was a mistake. Daenerys ordered herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is that uh, overall the reviews of that episode have been... Not kind. Not kind. And it has nothing to do with the cup of coffee. It has to do with everything else. Yeah. And uh, the argument that you're trying to do too much in a limited number of episodes to wrap up this story. I've, I've seen complaints about... Apparent, see, and I haven't seen it. I, I, I have haven't not, either. I haven't, I haven't watched, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I have not watched Game of Thrones since the first season. Mm-hmm. We, got, we got the DVDs. And I have not watched a single seen. episode. And apparently there's a complaint that Daenerys, her storyline is starting to get a little sexist. But of course, the people that are complaining that that storyline is getting sexist are the people who are always complaining that something is sexist. So I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in that. Well, but there there were legitimate complaints early on from, I think, a wide range of people that the amount of... um, Sex and violence in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was a touch excessive, and then and the fact yeah. that and the fact that many solu- many things were solved by the power of rape, which got news kids um, for the most part. Rape in storytelling is lazy. 
No. As as a motivation, which is often served in a lot of fiction, as it serves as a motivating incident, which it it certainly can be in the real world, but in terms of an overused trope in fiction, mm. it's a very overused trope that, in fiction. It's a cheap one too. That actually might be a topic for us at some point to discuss fridging. Because I I saw a comment with with regard to Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. and if we can go back to this being yep. a, a spoiler thing here. I've seen a few of those uh, too. For those, and basically talking about Gamora being fridged, and people were like, Gamora wasn't fridged. Gamora had her, her entire arc, mm-hmm. and everything was there. She wasn't she wasn't killed gratuitously or frivolously. Mm-hmm. To, to do this other, you know, to further a, the man character's story. <coughs> so I haven't seen that one. I've seen, I've seen a couple people who, who raised the question of um, why there wasn't more of dealing with the loss of Natasha at the end of the film. Yeah. And I think that is, I, I, that I'm, I'm more inclined to sit there and say, there was still a place for that, even though the the loss of Tony is 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 the core. We come back and we talk about um, uh, a little bit of that with with characters at the end. Well, yeah, because there is a scene when they tell Bruce, right? But that, I think that whole scene right there, I think, really kind of addresses the. But loss. I, I I think I think I think some people felt that it wasn't enough, and I think I can I could argue that that is probably true. For a given number of the audience, and that, that, that some people would would could justifiably want more, right. and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, but no, I, I haven't seen anything about the Gamora one, and, and that surprises me. I guess a little bit because well, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't feel like in, the character is not. In recent years, I have seen, and this comes from certain quarters, and and I don't want to get too far into this because it it goes back to our our discussion about identity politics and such but there are certain sites that have a particular ideological leaning that see every female character's death as fridging i mean there are there are people that are out there and again the internet is where the loudest craziest mm-hmm. people are but there are so many complaints now. People see fridging everywhere. And it's it's like And this is not to say that fridging does not exist, okay? Because fridging right. exists and it is it, it, it exists. It, it, it is often an example very, of lazy writing. See the thing is fridging has a very specific definition that I think has been diluted by the overuse of the term. Well, okay, but but pretty much like calling everybody that disagrees with you a Nazi. It kind of it kind of reduces no, only, the impact. Only of the Nazis are Nazis. Um, but, but but to say fridging, you know, anytime you kill someone for the man character to advance a story is fridging, that's not what fridging is. But it is a simplification of what fridging is, so you can see how that can become that. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, it, that's that's you, you know you know how how the world works. I know people simplify this stuff, and I so know. it becomes it becomes a shorthand for <coughs> treating whether it's whether it's a female character, and you can not, you can you can reverse it by the way. You can actually do it if you, if you have a female led storyline where the here where the male character gets fridged too. This does happen. It happens, and usually but, it's, but usually it's a, about it happening but usually it's a child. Mm. Um, because again, it, <clears throat> lazy writing. 
But anyway, that's a topic for That's a whole other topic, yeah. So, um... Spoiler. Has there ever been a time for you before we became insiders with access? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Was there ever a time when you got some piece of information that did actually kind of ruin something for you? Hmm. Um. You get something, you go, oh, this is a thing. I now wish that I didn't know this thing before I saw right, it. Right, right. Um, no. Uh, not, not, not that I can recall, and it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it also means that it didn't make enough of an impact that it stuck with me. Yeah. Um, I remember being at a convention. It would have been after Star Trek III, um, and so it would have been in Wichita, and I picked up a script that was being sold by one of the vendors, and it was a um, supposedly a leaked script for Star Trek IV. And I said, no, it's not. I think I saw that. And I bought it anyway. It was the trial of James T. Kirk. I still own it. I still have it. And it is... um, It's not terrible. It's an adequate script. You could make a decent Star Trek story out of it not particularly brilliant um but i mean that was i mean i'm i wasn't i wasn't so naive as to think that this would be out in the world mm-hmm. i mean because it would have you know, hello there this is our legal department yeah they'd like a word <laughs> i i remember reading it i don't think i ever owned a copy i i think i had a friend of mine a friend of mine in high school had mm-hmm. And he let me borrow it and read it, and I read it, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, but this can't be the real thing. No, uh, and then of course the film came out, and it was completely different. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's fine, um, but you know, I mean, the again, when when this stuff was going on, I should put out my script to Star Trek Six. There you go. <laughs> the uh, when 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 this stuff was going on, when 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 I was before the internet exploded. And and bear in mind, the internet exploded not that long ago. It's no. really only been about 15 years, between 10 and 15 years, where we've really seen this explosion of information and the and all of this stuff leaking out in the way that it has. Kind of makes you miss Tom, doesn't it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the MySpace years. Tom were, got out before all the were a thing. Tom was smart. We're, 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 we're a thing on their own side. It, it still exists, folks. MySpace is still a place. Tom got out. Well, yes. Probably the smartest thing he ever did. But it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the question ultimately comes down to, I think, where, what, what information you are willing to have before you see the finished product. Mm-hmm. And um, we keep coming back to this. Common courtesy. Which yeah. is, you know, don't look the internet. The okay, yes, the internet is where we keep our awful people. Don't be one of them, and and, and see, ruin things for people. Did you see the story about the guy who got beat up for spoiling? Okay, yeah. Game. Well, let's not, not take not, things too. Not the NFL guy. But this this guy actually got beat up. Attacked, physically assaulted for ruining. Okay, Endgame. it's a movie, kids. All right, it's a good movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, and I and I I'm glad I saw it in the theater. 
Who he, was that football player that was spoiling things on purpose? What was his name? Who was that? You were was he Atlanta? Atlanta Falcons? He's a schmuck. Yeah. Okay, guys. Even don't, after he got called out. Don't be don't be He's all over Twitter just why? one after the other, after the other. After the other. Like, stop doing this. Why take why this. take a okay, uh, yeah. LaShawn McCoy. Don't take don't take the do you take candy from babies too? Some people do. Do you trip old ladies as they're walking the street? Some people. Oh do. yeah, the good candy. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, what what kind of candy is it? Is it is? Is buffalo, it a buffalo bills? Bit of honey. Cho- would, you, uh, would you steal a bit of honey from a kid? No. No. No, I wouldn't. Oh, um, you, w- you would. Is it? Uh, is it a? Is it a? Uh, is it a Snickers bar? I might do it for a Snickers bar, depending on whose, whose kid it was. I mean, <laughs> what would you do, do, for a do I know? Do I know the parents? What would you do? For do I do I know the parents? Is it somebody else? Is it a stranger's child? Because you know what I miss. <laughs> I miss mm. marathon bars. I don't know if I've talked about that on this show before or not. I miss marathon bars, and and not the marathon bars that are in England, which is what they used to call Snickers. Mm-hmm. The marathon bar, um, back when I was a kid. My mother would get her hair done, and I'd go next door to the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Huge bookstore. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was fantastic. It just smelled like books. Mm-hmm. You just walk in there. Just, yeah. Because there's all of this old paper. Used book dealer for five years. I know exactly what you be. And I would have my my money, mm-hmm. like 10 cents or 15 cents or whatever it was, and I would buy a marathon bar. And they, they were these chains that were about yay long. About eight inches long, ten inches long, and they were in a red wrapper, and they had the yellow, yellow words on it. Mm-hmm. It was a big long thing, and it was a chain of caramel mm-hmm. covered in chocolate. Yeah, really, really, really good. <laughs> there is, there is a version of it currently available called the Curly Whirly. Mm. It's made by a different company. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is it's essentially the same recipe they're making it you know it's 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 essentially the marathon bar but it's not right <coughs> excuse me and and it's it's a close analog but it's not the same no well it never it's not is. as big mm-hmm. Um, but no candy bar is as big as it used to be. I know, I know. I remember. Oh, man, uh, what was it? I remember when. And I, again, not that long ago. It's not like this is like twenty. Candy, no, this is like this. You can actually watch them shrink every year. They're getting I a little bit smaller. When I got when I got in. Oh, when was it? I think when I when I went home from college one time. Ding dongs. You know, we had you know, the Hostess Ding Dongs. Yeah, uh-huh. You remember Hostess Ding Dongs used to be wrapped in foil. Remember Hostess used to be a thing. Hostess Here, Ding Dongs. Here, in Kansas City. To, yeah, they used to wrap them in foil. Mm-hmm. Right? Just big. And I remember going home one time, and they had changed the wrapper. It was that, now it was that white plastic yeah, yeah, thing, right. right? The little bag. What is this? Where's the foil? <laughs> Why is this? Opened it up. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> it's like they changed the package, you know, to hide the fact that they shrunk it. Yeah. Oh, Why yeah. is the ding dong so tiny now? Because the profit margin needs to be bigger. There's a movie. 
it was funny. There was there was a movie, and I gotta I gotta look it up what what it was because I remember Willy Wonka was on a documentary. No, no, no. It was. It I'm was, just saying. I just want you know. We need to make sure that the folks um, at home know that. Fruza Bulk is okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig for this one. Hang on. Um, and there was never a remake. No, there was not. All right. So Elizabeth although I'll give I'll give it credit, the remake had some very interesting production design, and there were times <laughs> I thought that that's visually very interesting. Mm. But Gene Wilder is the only Willy Wonka that needs to be. That's right. I'm just saying. Oh, stop. Come back. <laughs> Don't leave. I said good day, sir. <laughs> That's uh, still funny to see the see the meme with um Is it a is it a beaver or a badger or a groundhog or whatever doing that? You know? Good day, sir. I said good day. And it's this little it's this little <laughs> Thing and I, yeah. Well, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder was a national treasure for those of you who um, don't have. I mean, he he really was in the seventies and, and early eighties. And there are some of the films that he made, especially some of the films he made with Richard Pryor, which have not aged well. Uh, again, it was a different time. The seventies were a very different time from every other decade around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for good and for ill, for film, but um, he really was a national treasure. I think it is called Playing Mona Lisa. I think. Let me see who else is in that cast. Because I think that's the movie. Alicia Witt is in Well, it. Bob Hoskins had Mona Lisa, and it was a very LA, different film. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, so so playing Mona Lisa. Um, the story is completely uh, uh, irrelevant, but I remember uh, Alicia Witt's character goes home mm-hmm. to the family because reasons or whatever. She's a musician. And I remember they're all sitting around the dining table after dinner, mm-hmm. and they start passing out ding dongs. Now this is in the year two thousand, and the ding dongs in the movie are still wrapped in the foil. <laughs> and I thought, where did they get those? <laughs> they got inside guys. Where did they get those? Because they don't do that anymore. Where? <laughs> well, they I did, want those. They did have a shelf life. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff was. <clears throat> You know, would but keep for a while. Like two two years after they they changed the packaging. Yeah, but this stuff, you know, it's like a Twinkie. Mm. You know. Although uh, having had a stale Twinkie before. Ugh. <laughs> yes, what they do. See, what did we see in the in the store the other day? The peanut butter, di- peanut butter ding dongs. Are now I think. I don't even. Hmm, I'm uh, not Mimi, sure. Mimi Katz agrees with you. Gene Wilder is the only Willy Wonka. Yeah, I mean, he just is. I mean, uh, to to for however you feel about about Johnny Depp's personal life or or, or his or his or, or his or his apparent um, uh, inability to play outside a certain range, he has made some films where he really does display acting talent. Yeah. Um, not lately. Uh, and and Tim Burton. June. I think Benny and June Benny was the last June. time that I saw him what's play. Uh, what's, eating Gil- well, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Um, oh, for heaven's sake, the one he did with Frank Langella and. Hmm. No, no, the 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 horror film. Um, oh, um, um, 
based on a, based on a book that's Ninth so much Gate? better, Ninth Gate. Ninth Gate. The the novel the novel is infinitely better. It's an example of a, of a, a film distilled down to the core of the of about a quarter of the novel's storyline. And the, the, the novel is brilliant. The movie is actually entertaining. But my favorite Johnny Depp film is the one he did with Christopher Walken. Uh-huh. Um, which is, oh no, I'm going to draw a blank here what the title of it is. But it, was, it, was, it, was, it takes place in real time. Was there cowbell? Um, there was not cowbell. And I'm going to have to look this up because for the life of me, I can't think of what it's called. All right, let me look that up. Uh, but I, it is... Uh, um, Christopher Walken, but it, it so there's there's talent to the to, the boy, to be had with the boy, but the boy, <laughs> he's like <laughs> my age. Yeah, you know, I think he's old. I think he's older than me. Um, but anyway, um, no. But he, Gene Wilder is just so much better in that part. Mm-hmm. He, Nick of Time, thank you. Um, Nick of Time is not a brilliant movie, but it is. Uh, Johnny Depp plays a perfectly ordinary person. And Not something he usually does. Christopher Walken plays Christopher Walken. Of course. In the way that only Christopher Walken can. I would like to see William Shatner play Christopher Walken. Just because. I don't I think, think the, the universe can take that. <laughs> the universe would explode. Um, I want to see the version of Star Wars where Christopher Walken played Han Solo. <laughs> Just because. Can you imagine the scene with Leah in Empire Strikes Back? You know, I love you. I... I know. <laughs> I know. I, I know you do. You know. I mean, <laughs> it would just be great. Wouldn't that be amazing? La, la, laugh it up, fuzzball. I mean, <laughs> you know, Perry King. I gotta say, Perry uh, King. Uh, there's there's audition footage of Perry King uh, uh, when he auditioned for her, for Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Everybody auditioned in Hollywood. This is not a this is not a new a new thing. Oh yeah. But. Um, he ended up playing Han Solo in the audio mm-hmm. adaptations. Yeah. And I thought he did a fairly good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you listen to the, if you listen to the uh, NPR, NPR broadcasts the whole Star Wars saga, basically. And, and of course, the audio versions are, like, hours and hours long. They're, like, six I, hours long in some cases? Something like that. I've got, I've got the first one on cassette. Mm-hmm. And I've got... I want to say I've got Return of the Jedi on CD. Mm-hmm. I don't have the Empire Strikes Back. But the the cast was, uh, you had a few people who, who made it over from from the films, but the majority of the cast were new voices who did, who did a very very good job of not necessarily sounding exactly like their screen counterparts, but sounding enough like you knew who the character was and you recognized that voice. John Lithgow played Yoda. Well, of course he did. Brock Peters was Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Daniels was the only one who carried through on all three of them right. as C-3PO. Mark Hamill... Did Star Wars. Mark Hamill did Star Wars. I don't know if he did Empire. I don't... I, my memory says he didn't, but and I don't... I want to say that Billy D. Williams did Jedi, but I'm, I can't remember. Not certain, yeah. Sure. It's been a while. It's been a long time since I've actually really listened good. to... And, yeah, they were the great adaptations. One, the first one was written... Uh, the adaptation was written by Brian Daly, mm-hmm. who did the Han, the original first Han Solo trilogy. The good Han one. Solo, Han Solo and um, The Lost Legacy, Han Solo at Star's End, mm-hmm. Han Solo's Revenge? No. What was the red the red one? Han Solo's... I don't recall. It might have been. But those are, that was the good Han Solo trilogy. The really good Han Solo trilogy. Well, Anne, Anne Crispin did a good Han Solo trilogy. Yes, but. 
and it incorporated daily stuff, which I thought was cool. Yes, I, I um, and I think maybe it was where I was at the time in devouring the media. It's always going to have the "This is my." Yeah. It's like the first three Thrawn. Thr- it's like the the Thrawn books. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, the Star Wars expanded universe or or the Virgin Doctor Who line. Where it's like, this is all there is. There's no more. I gotta, I gotta, gotta I gotta get, get my fix, fix man. Right. Like, hey, my Star Wars fix. I need my Star Trek fix. I need my Doctor Who's. Um, um, the the very first Star Trek novel I read. Um, oh, for heaven's sakes, the f- not the final reflection. Uh, no, it was it was the one where Sulu grows the mustache. Entropy effect. Entropy effect. Yeah. I will always have a fondness for the entropy effect. Isn't that Vonda McIntyre? I might have been. Or is that Marsha and Colbert? I honestly no, don't recall. I, I, think think it, my, I think it's. Been, I will always have a fondness for that book, even though there are some <coughs> there are some story issues with it. But you know, she passed away here not too long yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. That was a shame. And, uh, and it was it was like that. It was, you have cancer, and and then I, I I don't even think it was six months. Yeah. And and she's gone. That's too because Anne Crispin died of cancer too. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the good news the good news for that is that they had long strong careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got to uh, enjoy the the pleasures of having people recognize them for their talent, which is yeah. always a good thing. Especially you don't you don't get that, especially in folks who crank stuff out. And I, I I say crank in the in the publishing sense, not in the actual production sense. Stuff out for media tie-ins mm-hmm. or media. You know, even if it's original stuff, you look at the the publishing schedule on some of those things. Well, is pretty intense. Media media tie-ins are starting to get a little bit more credibility now. Mm-hmm. As far as the the work that's involved um they've even got their own award mm-hmm. well and, and funnily I... enough <laughs> speaking of some spoilers i'll give you a spoiler if you go to the if you go to the website for the the association of tie-in writers i can't remember exactly what it is um they have uh i guess was it last year or the year before their list of winners mm-hmm. for their awards. You know whose artwork is at the top of that article? Whose? Ours. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, I know that picture. <laughs> I made that picture. <laughs> hmm. wonder what it's doing here. Have you asked him about it? No, I haven't. No. <clears throat> I'm flattered. Yeah. I think it's great. I was, yeah, sure. Let's win. But it kind of makes me want to start watermarking everything. You know? <laughs> well, it's, it is it, that stuff, and and it is it is hard for some folks to figure out where that stuff comes from. They find an image on online that does not seem to have any copyright material, and there's so much there's so much free clip art style yeah. things out there that it's it's easy enough. It's it completely innocent on their end. Yeah, it could, it, yeah, and, and and I don't it doesn't because it's their logo. Yeah, and basically what it do is for all of the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got because we have what's called a featured image, so it runs at the top of every article, and it's a set size. And so what I've done is I've gone through for all of the different awards, like Hugo's, and mm-hmm. and uh, we just posted an article about the Shirley Jackson Awards and all of right. these different ones. So in order to kind of have some consistency, I've taken the logo, made a white version of it, put it on this nice blue background, mm-hmm. and so it stands out. But yeah, I was, I was looking at this. Oh, hey, um, I know that one. I know that. That's, that's... <laughs> <coughs> We've kind of strayed off topic. We of have spoilers and stuff. But 
I, I think for like me, we do. I think for me, spoilers. There are. Somebody asked me the other day if it was if there was ever a time when you could turn it off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we have the access right, and yeah. we have all of this inside information and the inside baseball stuff and behind the scenes stuff. Can you ever just turn it off and go and watch it and enjoy it? Right. Yeah. And for me, most of the time I can't, I can't just flip the switch and just sit to enjoy something just to enjoy it. And I can. The spoiler part of it is I have to figure, okay, what is the thing that potentially could be spoiled? Mm-hmm. What's are we talking? You know, what the TV show or the movie or the whatever? Okay. Looking at that, how interested am I in seeing this? Let's, let's say it's a movie. Mm-hmm. How interested am I in seeing this movie? And if I'm really, really, really interested, then I might avoid spoilers a little bit more than I otherwise would. Mm-hmm. Because I want to go into it as as clean as possible, sure, to, right. to to use a term. Other other projects, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on what it is that that I'm going in to watch. If it's a movie that I've been really looking forward to, right? I don't want to, I don't want to get it spoiled. You know, and, and we we've <laughs> talked about this before, and I talked about this uh, in my review uh, when when I when I reviewed us mm-hmm. for the site. Um, I, I actually, I was looking forward to the film, but I wasn't also like, uh, I mean, I re- had really enjoyed Get Out. I thought it was, I thought it was clever. I thought it was, I thought it was, it had nice satirical elements, satirical mm-hmm. elements. I thought it, I thought it did a good job of, of being a, a little bit of social commentary, which is not always easy in movies, especially in horror films. Right. I thought, I thought, it, you know, it's not a perfect film, but I enjoyed it a lot. But I didn't have that quite, you know, I, us super excites me. Well, the trailers were interesting. Um, but, and because I don't, depending on the film, okay, if it's a well-crafted film, a lot of times I'm not thinking of it as a critic when I'm watching it. Yeah. So I end up having to watch it again then turn on the critic, you know, the critic, switch and go all right now how do i tear this apart um but i watched that film and in the theater i was like i'm really enjoying this movie and once i left the movie once i walked out and started talking to you know lenita cook uh or or driving home the when you start the the switch flipped and i started going okay here's Here's the problems with this film, but I, I made a real point in the review that I did go see the movie, mm-hmm. and it's it's worth going to see the film for the and, and letting the surprises get you. I remember it's you know that's when, a pleasure to that when the teaser when the first teaser for the Force Awakens came out mm-hmm. and it hit the web. Mm-hmm. <coughs> got that nice. got that catch in your throat. Well, see, it didn't because. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it when it came out. Right, yeah. I saw, okay, it's online, mm-hmm. and that's when I got into that, okay, no, I want to see this for the very first time on the big screen. And so we got tickets to see Big Hero 6, <laughs> so you could see the TV. 
Because it was funny because I took just I wrong. Took James. He's like, why are we going to see this? We've already seen this movie. I was like, yeah, I know. I just want to see He's like, why are we going to see this movie? There's a Star Wars trailer, isn't there? <laughs> we figured it out. And then we get in there and he's all excited because nobody's, we haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so we get in there and we watch it and, and it just, you know, there's the Millennium Falcon, big as life, you yeah. know, on a 60 foot screen. I mean, that's the only way that you can do it. And I was happy that I had waited because, you know, you get that, you get the impact on the big giant screen that you don't get when you're looking at it on your phone. For those of you who can see me, um, you know, if you're just listening to this as a podcast, you can't see this, but I'm holding up my phone and I was working, I was working for, well, when it came out, I was working for the, um, the first of the medical couriers. Right. Right. And so, but I was back at the lab and it was like, the, the trailer's out. And I'm like, really? And I'm like sitting here and I'm, I'm watching it on my phone like this close. You know, I'm like, mm. you know, do not sit this close to the, the, the television kids. Right, right. And the music swells and my, you know, that catch in my throat. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably even tearing up a little bit because I'm, we're programmed. Yes. I was seven years old when Star Wars came out. I mean, this is, yep. and... Um, one of my one of the drivers coming. You okay? And I'm like, it's the new Star Wars trailer. <laughs> and he's was probably 15, 20 years younger than me, and he was just like, uh huh. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, don't you get it? Like, go well, go and, away. And after, <laughs> it was funny because after we sat, you know, we actually sat through Big Hero Six again. We watched the which movie. is an entertaining we film. Bought the t- we bought the tickets. We it's an entertaining it. film. But we yeah we went to see Big Hero Six simply for the Star Wars teaser, and then of course when we got home, James wants to see it again. Of course, and right. again, right, right, and again, yeah, yeah. and again, and that's when you start picking things apart. That's when you start seeing yeah. it and and looking at it. Well, you know, I think I think it's it, it's good to look at things with a critical eye and to recognize that that when go, when when bad storytelling, you should you should be recognizing bad storytelling. And in, in a, when a movie's got, you know, when when a character does a dumb thing in a movie, it's okay to sit there and go, God, it's a dumb thing. But it's also, there's there's something about getting caught up in the moment. I think you can get caught up in the moment in something like Avengers Endgame. You can caught up in the moment in in films like us if you're if you're a horror fan and and you're you know and you're you're, you're caught in performances. I mean, the performance. Both those films have amazing performances from the actors. That that, and, and sometimes spoilers can get in the way of that. Yeah, you can lose you can lose the pleasure of watching a character discover something. That if you know it's mm-hmm. coming, if if the filmmakers have done their job and they don't telegraph that it's coming, yeah. and the the character discovers it at the same time as the audience, that's a great moment. And that moment when you sit there and go, oh, oh no. <laughs> there was. There was a moment, <laughs> excuse me. There was a moment like that in Avengers. When was it? There was a, there was a scene, and I can't remember when it was, but there was a scene where everybody just kind of took a breath at the same time. Was it in Star? Was it in in game? What was it? I don't, I don't what know. It was. I don't remember what it was, but it was. It was. There was just that one, just real quick, mm. and you heard almost everybody do it at once. 
But it might not have been an end game. Now that I think about it, it might have been in another. Oh, I can I can think of a couple of moments in End Game where you could have happened had it happen. Where I guess spoiler alert, <laughs> and yeah. nothing happens. Yeah, that's a moment. And then the and the then the flip around where you see, you know, the hand turn where it's just like, you know, in the theater which was, was fairly full this last weekend, shocking, with it's doing $2 billion, um, was the audience sat there. I mean, there was like this, I don't know if I'd call it a cheer, but it was like there was this, this audience reaction of going, <gasps> yeah, you know, I mean, it was just... When Steve carried Mjolnir. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, the audience. That got a reaction to the audience. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Thor reacting. I knew it. I knew it. I knew right, it. Right, that, right. that got a laugh. But to see him finally, finally mm-hmm. pick it up and do it, and I saw an interesting theory about that. Um, why he couldn't quite pick it up in Age of Ultron versus Endgame, mm-hmm. because between then and now, he has come clean about the things he knew about Bucky killing Tony's parents. Oh, okay, sure. And the guilt that he felt over lying to Tony or, 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 or keeping that from him, mm-hmm. that's basically kind of what kept him from being worried. It's possible. Sure. And now that we're past all of that, he's had that emotional catharsis of getting past all of the things that he should not have done. Now he can pick up Mjolnir and, and, and wield it as, as he as Thor thought he could. Sure. Which I thought was... It's a great, it's a great sequence. It's a fantastic sequence. Yeah. No, you, you take the little one. That <laughs> 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 was fun. <clears throat> there were a lot of good moments. The Thor Lebowski. Yeah. What was your, what was your favorite moment in Endgame? <sighs> Since oh, we're talking spoilers. What my favorite moment in Endgame. Um, that's a tough one because there, it, it the, the big moments were very very powerful okay and then there's some of them that are just you know the the okay one of my favorite moments was the three of them captain america iron man and thor looking at thanos just sitting there waiting for them yeah. it's like it's a trap well of course it is let's go yeah. and i mean because it was something about that co- the, those three you know you yes you need the hulk should have been there natasha should have been there yeah. um but those three walking down to what probably was certain death and just going, we're just going to do this. I like, I like those moments. I like the, the hero against impossible odds. Mm-hmm. Cap standing up, looking like the only man on the field. As, and he's just standing there. He's great. You know, he tightens the strap on, on what's yeah. left of his shield. He knows he's going to die. I mean, that is, is just, it's just the thing. Yeah. You, he cannot beat these odds. You know, numbers. He's, you know, but he's, he's I'm going to go down. You know, I'm going to do it anyway. Those moments, I, I, those moments get to me in terms well, of the big, you know. Not, not just that, but immediately after that, when you hear on your left. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. everything opens yeah. up. And there they <laughs> all are. And, and I don't know if you saw or not. Uh, Kevin Delmore has posted on his Facebook his, as his cover art now. Mm-mm. Somebody has gone through and taken a picture of when all of that happens. Mm-hmm. Standing behind Wasp is Howard the Duck. 
Well, of course he is. Everybody's in the game. But Howard the Duck is in there, and he's got to be some sort of a big laser rifle type Mm -hmm. thing, right? So he's in there. He's in the middle of all of it, too, which I thought, okay, that's cool. There's just, I mean, it's a, it's a film full, it's a film full of great moments that are designed to, to reward fans. I mean, there's, I've seen people complain about the scene where all the female heroes are, and it's, and it's, and it's a contrived scene. No, it's very contrived. But you know what? It still looks cool. It looks cool. It's and so, know, it's a visually, it's a very cool scene, which is why I enjoyed it. I mean, it, 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 it looks cool. It doesn't make a lick of sense in terms no, of the, of the it battle. Doesn't, it doesn't because just, it just so happens that all of the women just happen to be in the same spot. They but the filmmakers, I mean, but the filmmakers are like open and honest about the fact that it's like, it's a completely contrived scene. It yes. just looked cool. And but, it, it does. And, and I get what they're doing. They're doing a nod to A-Force. They are, and, and, and not, okay, not only fine. setting up the fact but. that some of these characters are going to be, the implication is for some of these things, these are going to be characters we're going to see in the next wave. But you can't have A-Force without She-Hulk. And that's where it would have been perfect if, it had, if we had She-Hulk. And then it would have been like, oh. it would have like, I bow down to your contrived scene because it would have been so yeah. awesome. But it, it, was, it was a great moment. And I looked at it and I went, okay, this is this is the best kind of fan service. Mm. Who it would you cast, doesn't make a bit of sense. Who would you cast as Jennifer? If you were to cast She-Hulk now. Oh, gosh. Knowing that most of the time she's going to be eight foot and green because she embraces that, who would you cast? Um, I don't even know. I honestly don't know. I think that, I think that you'd... you'd You'd get someone who you could basically shoot enough of their stuff in an early block that they were only you were only tying up their actual schedule, so you could get you could get just about anybody. Any Angie Harmon wants to do it, but she's almost too old for it at this point. Jennifer Garner can do it, but how close to Angie Harmon is in age is she? To just about every actor who's played Bruce Banner in the last fifteen years, well, she could I mean, probably pull it off in terms of age. Yeah, but Jen- Jennifer's how much younger than Bruce? Uh, in 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 the comics, I mean, the MCU has departed considerably from the comics. Right, I mean, it's right. it's. But you got to have a place to start. Well, and and, and I think I think unfortunately. Um, well, it depends. It depends on how long they want to run with the character. How much? How much is that going to be part of the next phase? I mean, I think she's great as an actress, so I, I'm all on board with her playing the part. Um, and I think that I had not considered her probably because I've been thinking somebody younger. She's been lobbying for it. Oh, good for her. She should do it. I'm, I'm on. Who else? I don't know who else would do. And I think that Kristen uh, Stewart. In 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 fairness to Kristen Stewart, when she's actually given a part where she's actually required to act, she can. Yeah. However, that's not what she got famous for. Twilight, my glittery vampires. No. Well, we can still see. We can still possibly see Blade come back. See, that's still out there. I think. I think Blade can come back. Especially now that the now that that. You, you introduce the concept of the multiverse in, in Spider-Man. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. But That opens all sorts of doors. But I think, unfortunately, Wesley Snipes carries some baggage with him at this point. But I say that, but so did Robert Downey Jr. Yep. So, you know, it's this is this is stuff that, I mean, he... The new, the new Marvel method could be rejuvenating, you know, 
resurrecting character uh, character actors careers who 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 made some poor choices that are that are <clears throat> that are more or less forgivable I will never forget. We do not require a certain people to come back to. I will never forget appreciating how meta the scene was in Iron Man 2 <laughs> when Tony Stark and Ivan Danko. Is it Ivan Danko? Something like that, yeah. Liplash. Mm-hmm. Liplash. Yeah. When they're sitting there, they're, they're in the room together talking. And I'm looking at it not as. Tony Stark and Whiplash. I'm looking at Robert Downey Jr. and um, help me. Um, oh, for heaven's sakes, you would do that to me. Now that now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. Oh, for heaven's sakes, uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. God. Yeah, you're looking at Robert Downey Jr. and Mickey Rourke, and they're having a conversation about their screw ups mm-hmm. and their lives going completely sideways and I'm thinking wait a minute oh yeah this has got to be one of the weirdest well you can I, s- you have to wonder what they were thinking in their time in both of them were considered to be just they were washouts they, they were, were done but before that they were like gonna be the big thing I mean Mickey Rourke with 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 Angel Heart and uh, Johnny Handsome and what hand nine and a half nine and a half nine and a half weeks I mean, these are these are people. These were and and he what people swooned over the way he looked, and he made a choice to go off and be a boxer for a while, and this was not kind to him. And then the plastic surgery, et cetera, et cetera. But he'd also recovered a lot of his career with like Sin City. Mm-hmm. I mean, he people have said he, he kind of parlayed that uh, uh, rough appearance into the the part of Marv. It worked right. really well. But yeah, no, that that's it was a bit meta. Yeah, when you consider how much this could have gone. Very completely good. right. Although um, I will say that if you want to see the film that uh, still somehow people can't haven't seen um, that if you're a Robert Downey Jr. fan and you want to see him do something really really fun and really and and see probably the last good film Shane Black made, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang ah. with Val Kilmer and one of the the last really great films that Val Kilmer made. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to be in the next Top Gun. The last good film, <laughs> Valka. Okay, so we've gone what an hour and a half now. Oh yeah, yeah, and we've kind of bounced around to like topic, we do topic and off topic and topic. So we're gonna we're gonna head out. Um, next week we will be back on our regularly scheduled time, hopefully Monday at eight eight p.m. And um, I have no idea what we're gonna be talking about. What are you giving me a look for? Things and stuff. You're giving me a look. What's frozen? Uh, it just froze. Our broadcast just froze. Well, if you can hear us, we'd like to thank the folks at Superhero Stuff for being our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there we go. Excellent. The audio's still audio there. Audio's still there. That's good. So, superherostuff.com, who is sponsor of this show and several other, other shows. This is just, you know. <laughs> The technology is not our friend, uh, but again, uh, sci-fi for me ten at checkout. You can save some money. Yeah. They have some. They have a fantastic selection of genre stuff out there. If you're an Avengers fan, they got cool stuff there. Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars, it's all there. All Check right. it out. That's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for for watching up until the point where we froze. Um, don't forget, we're uh, just very still. There's yes, n- just, it, it hasn't it hasn't frozen. What's his name on Guardians? Yeah.
The Drax and Method of Invisibility. That's right. All right, you can't see it. All right, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks very much for watching. We will be back with another episode next week here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.